Welcome to the Rebranded Teacher Podcast. My name is Lauren Fulton. I'm a full-time teacher author and seller on Teachers Pay Teachers, and I help other teacher entrepreneurs grow their TPT businesses in a way that's purposeful and sustainable. So if you're looking for actionable step-by-step ways to grow your business, you're in the right place. Let's get started. This is one of the most requested podcast episodes ever, and that is how to leave the classroom how to make teachers pay teachers, being a teacher author, how to make that your full-time job. Now, I understand that this is not for everybody. Not everybody wants to leave the classroom. Some people may just want the option to be able to leave the classroom, right? They want to be able to have the freedom to do whatever it is that they want to do and have the income in order to be able to do that. Or some may know that they never want to leave the classroom. They just want to have the money to live the life that they want to live while doing the job that they love. And that's totally understandable. So everyone's in a different place. But if you're here, you're probably kind of interested in how that could be possible or how to make it possible for you. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this video. So what we're going to be talking about today is how to do this from a building your business standpoint, how to get your business to the point where you're able to leave the classroom and where you have choices. And I think the first step for that is to decide how much money do you need? How much money do you need to be earning on teachers, pay teachers and other teacher author based income in order to leave the classroom? And once you know what that number is, try not to go back and revisit it too often. And in fact, my best advice would be that once you know what that number is, to try to save up as much money as possible from what you're currently making to put it back as a cushion. And so don't adjust your standard of living so that you're living off of your teacher's salary plus what you're making on Teachers Pay Teachers, plus maybe your um, husband's income or your spouse's income. Try not to do that as much as possible. Try to pretend like the money that you make on Teachers Pay Teachers doesn't exist. And the reason that I say that is I think a lot of times as that money is coming in, we get used to, oh, an extra $1,000 a month or an extra $2,000 a month or an extra $3,000 a month. And the more we get used to that and the more we adjust our way of living and the more we adjust our lifestyle to become accustomed to that extra TPT money, um, the more we need it or the more we feel like we need it. And so I've seen people over the years where they're like, okay, I think I could, I think I could make it on $4,000 from teachers pay teachers. And then the next thing you know, like, no, probably going to need five, probably going to need six, probably need seven. And obviously there's inflation, but there's also just the fact that a lot of times we get really used to having the extras and you have to kind of balance out and weigh out. Do I really want all of the extras or do I want to leave the classroom? Like which would make me more happy. And so once you've set that number, try not to go back and adjust it and try to take some of that money that you are making from teachers pay teachers and put as much of it back as possible. Because what that's going to do is it's going to give you a nice little cushion so that if you do leave the classroom and something does go wrong, you're not stuck. Okay. So that's the first thing, figure out how much money you need to make. How much money do you need to have in order to make sure you have health insurance, calculate your taxes, figure all that out. How much money do you need to be making on Teachers Pay Teachers in order to leave? Okay. The next thing that you want to do is you want to ask yourself, how much time do I have? And this one is really important. How much time do I have? And make sure it's a practical amount of time. I hear this one a lot and it like breaks my mama's heart, but I hear this one a lot. And that is, um, I had my baby, I'm on maternity leave. I'm not going back for the rest of this year, but I don't want to go back next year. And, um, I totally get that. Make sure you're being realistic. Make sure you're being practical with yourself and make sure you're not putting so much pressure on yourself that you're going to be disappointed in you. 
um, or disappointed in your life circumstances or super stressed out so that you're not able to enjoy where you're currently at right now. But I do get it. So figure out a time frame and make sure that it's realistic. The other thing that I would do once you figure out these two things is I would have a family meeting. This is a family meeting with your spouse, with maybe it's even with your friends or people that you socialize with or see on a regular basis and really talk about what kind of sacrifices are going to need to be made um, in order to make this happen. Because if you were giving yourself a tight timeline to do something like this, to meet that kind of business goal or to leave the classroom or something like that, you are probably going to need extra time to be able to invest in your business. And if that's the case, if that's you, then the people who are in your life that know, love you, care about you, want to spend time with you, then they need to be on board with this too. You don't want to set yourself this big goal and then have people around you pressuring you to take time away from that goal or to, you can do that later, or why are you not spending time with me? Things like that. Sit the whole family down, have a conversation and make sure that everyone in your immediate family, your spouse, your kids, that they're on board with that. Is that actually something that everyone's okay with? And are there adjustments that need to be made by everybody? If so, what are they? And go ahead and communicate what those things are so that there are no surprises. So that the kids are not shocked that you are working two hours a day whenever they get home from school or your spouse isn't shocked when maybe they have to pick up a little bit of slack, laundry, household chores, things like that, so that you have more time to dedicate towards growing your business. And so you want to make sure that this is really a family affair. Same for if you're not married, don't have kids. Like this could really be sitting your friends down that you usually spend every Friday night with and saying, hey, look, I'm wanting to grow my business. I'm trying to get it to this point. Um, and in order to do that, I'm going to really need to kind of cut back on some of my social time, or maybe I can only go out on these days or in these hours or something like that and make sure everyone's on the same page. This is going to do two things. Not only is it going to set reasonable expectations for the people around you, but it's also going to hold you accountable <laughs> because if everybody is on board with your plan and they understand what's going on, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to kind of let those goals slip. So you want to make sure that you're doing that. The next thing that we want to do is we want to take inventory of our business. And this is where we really get into the meat of what we're going to be talking about today and how you can actually grow a business that's going to allow you to leave the classroom. And that is you want to take inventory and see what is currently working for me. What in my business is currently making me the most money? Is it my email list? Is it product creation? Is it social media? Is it Pinterest? Is it YouTube podcasting? What? What is currently making me the most money inside of my business? And that is where I'm going to focus 80% of my efforts. If it's product creation, I'm going to spend 80% of my time focusing on product creation. If that's making me the most money. If it's search engine optimizing older resources, I'm going to spend 80% of my time search engine optimizing older resources. Whatever task that I'm doing inside of my business is yielding me the most money. I'm going to spend 80% of my time there. Now, this is a good role for anyone, not only somebody who's wanting to leave the classroom, but like if you're just wanting to increase your revenue in general inside of your business, take a look at where you're making money, spend 80% of your time on that. I think so often we go, we look at something, we go, okay, that's working for me. So now let me go spend 80% of my time on something that's not working for me and kind of make, fix that up but that's not what you want to do. You're not going to get the greatest return on your investment in doing that. 
So you want to think about it like this. If I were an athlete, right, which I'm not, but I was kind of an all-star, right? Run track, play basketball, dual football, soccer, whatever season it is, I'm doing something different, right? But I'm really good at basketball, which would never be true because I'm four foot 11, right? But I'm really good at basketball. That's the area that I kind of stand out amongst my peers. I don't want to say, okay, I'm good at basketball, so I'm going to spend more time running track so that I can get better at track. Never going to be a good athlete. I might be a more well-rounded athlete, but I'm never going to be a star. I'm never going to get drafted. I'm not going to play for the WNBA or whatever it's called for women's basketball. I'm not going to play there, right? Because I'm spending too much of my time focusing on the things that I'm not great at. Whereas if I take 80% of my time and I pour it into basketball, even in off season, 80% of my time is spent playing basketball, perfecting that craft. I'm going to get better and better and better and better at basketball. I may never really improve that much in soccer and it might kind of fall by the wayside and I might even get kicked off of that team. And that's okay because I am becoming a major standout in the thing that I am good at and the thing that's yielding me the greatest results. And I'm pouring my time, energy, and efforts into that. And we kind of understand that from a sports perspective. But from a business perspective, a lot of times it's really easy to kind of get lost in the weeds of all of that and to think, okay, I was successful with that. So now that I'm successful with that, I'm going to move on to something else and learn something else. And that's not what we need to do. Whatever is bringing us the most success, if we continue to pour that time, effort, and energy into that, we know we're going to get a return on our investment. If I spend 80% of my time creating products because I know creating products makes me money, then I know I'm going to get that money back. I know I'm going to make more money. I know I'm going to grow my business. But if I spend 80% of my time um, working on email marketing, I don't know that I'm going to get that back, right? And so if I'm trying to leave the classroom, especially in a short period of time, I really, really, really want to make sure that I'm dividing my time out accordingly and in a way that is going to yield me the best results. So 80% of my time needs to be spent working on the things that are actually bringing me money. So what does that look like? If your email list is bringing in a significant amount of revenue, I send out one email a week, right? If I'm sending out one email and I get $250 from that one email, guess what I need to be doing? I need to be growing my email list. If I'm sending out one email a week and I'm making $300 from that email, then guess what I need to be doing? I probably need to look at sending out two emails a week, right? Whatever it is that's making you money, that other 20% of your time, you're going to focus on your secondary moneymaker. What is the secondary thing that's bringing you in revenue? And for you, it may go product creation, email, product creation, social media, okay? Whatever it is, that secondary, it's going to get 20% of your time. And you say, well, what do I do with, what do I do with everything else? Let it fall. Let it fall because I want to focus on the top two things that are generating revenue for me. And I want to use those to help me generate revenue faster. And I'm not going to do that for the rest of my life. Okay. For the rest of my life, I'm not going to do that. It could be at some point in time that that 20% of my time, it gets broken down into a couple of different things and that's fine. But if I only have a short amount of time, I'm going to focus on top two. Okay. So that again could be social media could be your email list. It could be um, YouTube, podcasting, some form of marketing or driving traffic or something like that. That's what I'm going to focus on. It could be none of those things. It could literally be product creation and search engine optimization. It could be just those two. 
product creation, number one, search engine optimization, number two, and maybe marketing is none of it. And you say, well, what do I do? Do I just not market? I'm not going to tell you not to market, but I'm going to tell you to spend so little on your, your time on it. Maybe not let it die, but it shouldn't be taking up your time. Because if I'm taking two hours every week to send out an email, to create content for Instagram, and it's not really generating much revenue for me, but I could take that same two hours and I could search engine optimize five or 10 products and that's going to create revenue for me. And that's what I should be doing. Okay. So let's go to the next one. Set measurable goals. Once I know what two things I'm going to be focusing on, what two things I'm going to be doing, I'm going to set measurable goals for those two things, neither of which are going to be revenue. Okay. Because I don't want to put so much pressure on myself that I get stressed out and that I give up on my goals. Okay. Because I cannot guarantee that I'm going to meet a revenue goal, but I can guarantee that I'm going to meet a product creation goal. I can guarantee that I'm going to reach a search engine optimization goal. I can guarantee that I'm going to create a certain number of well-crafted, well-thought-out email funnels. I can guarantee that I am going to be able to create a certain number of Instagram posts or reels or um, create collaborations with other TPT sellers if that's what's growing my business. I can guarantee those things, but I can't guarantee the money. So I'm going to focus on setting those practical, manageable goals for my TPT business. And I'm going to give myself a timeline. I'm going to say in three months, I'm going to have 30 products made. Or in three months, I will have been consistent with my social media marketing and have put out stellar, high quality material for every single day for three months. Okay. I can say that within three months, I'm going to make sure I've search engine optimized 100 resources. All of those are things that are measurable. And I can see at the end of those three months, whether or not it's yielding the results that I wanted. And that brings me to my last point, which is create a check-in for yourself. So once I've set that timeline for my measurable goals, then I'm going to check in and I'm going to say, number one, did I meet my goals? If I didn't meet my goals, none of the data is good, right? If I wasn't consistent with my social media marketing, then I can't say that it didn't work. If I wasn't consistent with my product creation or didn't meet my product creation goals, then I can't say that it didn't work. Or if I set product creation goals for myself, I'm going to create 30 products within the next three months but I posted all of them at the end of the three months because I let myself get behind, then I can't say that it didn't work because they haven't had enough time to sell, right? Same for search engine optimization. I'm gonna set myself manageable, measurable goals. And then I'm gonna look and I'm gonna check in. Did I meet those goals? And then number two, did they work for me? Okay. If they didn't work for me, then I need to go back to the drawing board. So don't make it to the end of your timeline for that to be your goal. Set smaller goals and measure your success along the way. Because if I spend six months creating 10 products a month and I get to the end of the six months and I'm realizing that's not moving the needle in my business, that's not getting me where I want to get, guess what I've just done? I've just wasted six months of my time. Okay. So I'm going to set some milestones and some mile markers that I can check in with myself and say, is what I'm doing working? If it's not, then I go back to the drawing board. Why isn't it working? Did I do something wrong? Am I giving my audience something that they don't want? Or is this really not what's bringing me in the most revenue? Do I need to focus my time, energy, and effort somewhere else? Or do I need to do this in a different way? Now, at these short check-ins, this is really where I would look at measuring your revenue growth. How much money am I actually bringing in? Is this really showing up here? Am I on track? If I've created 30 resources and I've only increased my revenue by 10%, but I needed to increase it by 
um, within a short period of time, then maybe if I created 30 resources and only increased by 10%, then maybe I need to make sure that I'm creating more resources between now and my next milestone. And so you can brainstorm ways to make sure that that happens. Maybe it's increasing productivity. Maybe it is spending a little bit more time on it, or maybe it's creating smaller resources that you can turn out a whole lot quicker. All right. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions about leaving the classroom, post a comment below. I'm happy to answer them to the best of my ability. And if you want to continue this conversation, come join us inside of the free rebranded teacher Facebook group. We would absolutely love to have you. We're going to be talking about this this week. We're going to be talking about what are your goals? Do you want to leave the classroom? Do you want to stay in the classroom? Do you want to supplement your income? Do you want to replace your income? And at what point in time would you like for this to happen? So come join in on that conversation. We would love to have you and to see you there. As always, if you want to learn more and grow more with me, you'll find me inside of rebrand to Teacher Academy, where we focus on giving you step-by-step actionable ways that you can grow your business every single month. You can find more info about that down in the description. Thanks so much for being here. If you want to learn more and grow more with me, then you can find me inside of Rebranded Teacher Academy. Rebranded Teacher Academy is a low-cost monthly membership that gives you access to my entire course and content catalog from courses for brand new TPT sellers like Selling 101 to more advanced sellers inside of Strategic Growth, Ditch the Overwhelm, a quick start library where you can pick any topic that you would like to learn more about, watch a short video, and then immediately implement what you learned with a corresponding workbook. But what RTA members tend to love most are the monthly challenge and strategy sessions where every single month I give you step-by-step strategies that you can implement inside of your business in the form of a fun monthly challenge that helps you move your business forward every single month. If you want to learn more about Rebranded Teacher Academy and how you can become a member, you can find more about that down inside of the description. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you would share about it on social media and help other TPT sellers find it too. I'll see you right here next week.